All right. Pay him the base. The two dots. So the Mishnah said that one man cannot be miyachid with two women, but one woman could be miyachid with two men. So one woman with two men is mutter. Says the Gemara, That's only true if those two men are kosher. Meaning, if those two men are Yare Shemaim, the definition of Ksherim, we just started, the definition of Ksherim is Machloikes Hapaiskim, but the way the Ramah Paskins, average from Jew, someone who's careful with these halachas, is considered a Kasher. So if you're Kasher, you're allowed to be Miachid, one woman with two men, as long as they're Ksherim. Avil Prutzim, but if they're inappropriate, I mean, these are men that do not, that have low character, then Afilu Be'asaranamila, then even ten people. Why? Because the whole premise of two men, the reason why it's Mutter, is because the men would not do anything in front of each other. And if one man wants to do an Avera, the other guy would be like, hey, we shouldn't do this. But if they're all low character, then it could be ten men. They're all going to be involved in the Avera. The Gemara says, have a ma'isa. There was once an incident. Where ten men went out with a they, they took the woman out. They actually pretended, I think she was like a dead body. They took her out. Uh, they pretended she was dead. They put her in a coffin. And they went outside and they had uh, inappropriate relations. All ten of them. So the point is, if they're all inappropriate, then they're not going to help for Yichud. So the whole premise is that if they're inappropriate, then even if there's 10 people, it doesn't help because they're not going to stop each other because they're actually going to be involved in the Avera. Or even if they won't be involved, they're definitely not going to stop him. Amr Rav Yosef Teida. Rav Yosef I'll prove it to you. Sometimes you have a beam. Like you have a beam that's very, very heavy. Or a car, right, they're stealing tires. Four people are involved in the theft. It's not just one guy. If they're all inappropriate, they all could be involved in the chet. Sometimes you have ten people steal one beam and they're not embarrassed from each other. So you see that if they're prutzim, they could be all involved in the aver. So we're saying right now that when the Mishnah says two, it has to be ksherim but not pritzi. If they're pritzi, it's a problem. They have to be kosher. So the Gemara says, name a misayele, I'll prove it to you, that two people have to be kosher to avoid yichud. Because the Mishnah says in Saita, Moisin lishnei the Mishnah says in Saita that the second the woman gets a Saita, they would send Rabbanim with her to Tamid to escort her and her husband to the Beis HaMikdash. Why do they have to be Tamid HaChachamim? So the Gemara says, perhaps they have to be Tamid HaChachamim to avoid Yichud. Right? They're going with the father, they're going with the husband. Why aren't they concerned that the two men are going to be Miyachid with her? Right? There's two men with the, with the woman. Let's say the husband goes to sleep, whatever it is, goes to the bathroom. There's two men... So the Mishnah says they have to be Tamidah Chachamim. Oh, so you see that, that to avoid Yichud, you have to be a Tamil Chacham. So the Gemara says, no. Shani Perhaps not. That's not a good proof. Because I could tell you, perhaps, that really you don't have to be a Tamil Chacham. And you could be inappropriate. There's no Yichud. Let's say. So why do they have to send Tamidah by the Sota? They're not sending it to avoid Yichud. They're sending Tamidah Chachamim because they have to have people who knows the, know the laws of Saita. One of the laws of Saita is that if after she, she secludes with that man and she's on her way to the Beis HaMikdash, if she lives with her husband, she can't be a Saita anymore. So you need someone who knows the halachas to tell her, hey, don't do that. So the reason why you send two is not to avoid Yichud. Really, perhaps you could avoid Yichud even if they're not Rabbanim. So why do you send two people to, that are Tamid Chachamim? The reason being is because you need someone who knows the halachas well enough to say, hey, don't live with your husband. It has nothing to do with the laws of Saita, the laws of Yichud. It has to do with the laws of Saita. Okay. Om Rav Yudam this concept that one man and one woman and two men is fine, that's only true during the city. When you're traveling, you need three men. Why? Because when you're traveling, 
you're on the highway, someone needs the bathroom, he's going to go off on the side to look for a bathroom, and you're stuck together. So in a city with his bathrooms in the houses, then two people is enough. But when you're traveling, you need three people. Why? Because one of them is going to need the bathroom. And he's going to go into the rest stop to look for the bathroom. And then it's one-on-one. You need two. You always need two at all times. So when you're traveling, you need three. Because one of them is inevitably going to need the bathroom. And then you'll always have two at all times. Name I'll prove it to you that you actually need three when you're traveling. It's a very interesting. The exact same kasha, exact same tarots. We just got finished saying that when they would travel, they would send two tamid chachamim. Now, why two? So it must be because you have the wife. Don't count her. She's the one. You have the husband. Two tamid Three. So you see that when you travel, you need three people. Because if you needed two, just send one tamid chacham. So the Gemara says, no, same answer. The reason why we send Tamid Chum is not, nothing to do with the laws of Yichud. It has to do with the laws of Saita. The Gemara says, Hasam ki den Over there, the reason why we send two is not so that with the husband there's three. We send two because we need people to testify. What if they live together? We need someone to go to the, the Beis HaMikdash and say, do not give her waters to drink because we testify that they live together. You need two, not because the laws of Yichud, but for the laws of Saita. Okay. Rav Rav Yehuda Avakazli Baorcha. Rav and Rav Yehuda were traveling, and Avakazli he itzas a kamayu. There was a certain woman walking on the road. Now, when you're out of the city and you're walking on the highway in the middle of nowhere, that could be yichud also. Although you're outside, there's nobody around. So Rav and Rav Yehuda see this woman walking. So Amrle Rav Rav Yehuda dal kreach mekamik gehenim. Run away from Gehenna, Meaning we can't we can't be here because the concern was meaning we got to walk quickly because if not we'll be stuck. Uh, we'll be stuck with her. Now here's the question. What is he concerned about Yichud? I thought with two people that are kosher, it's fine. This is who? This is Rav and Rav Yehuda. They seem to be kosher Jews. So he's saying we got to be concerned about Yichud. Why? I thought with two men, as long as they're kosher, it's fine. Not when one goes to the bathroom, but stop, two men are walking there. So Rav and Rav Yehuda, Rav says to Rav Yehuda, let's get out of here. I don't want to have Yichud issues. What's Yichud issues? I thought the two people that are kosher. So the Gemara says, So Rav Yehuda said to Rav, I thought Rav is the one, I thought you're the one who said that. If it's two people that are kosher, it's fine. So Amar Le'eh, Who said we're kosher? Meaning, Kosher needs a very high standard. And maybe me and you don't match the standard. So I look at going my, so Rav Yudah says, so who's kosher? He says, Rav Hanina Bar Papi and Chaver. Rav Hanina Bar Papi and his Chavrusa. They're, they're, they're kosher. So by the way, according to the, so the Tzemach Tzedek actually look, saw from the Sugya that he paskins that you have to be real, real Yerushimayim to avoid Yichud. Not just two people that are kosher. But most, the Ramah paskins, the Ramah says, Two people, the average two Jews that are religious Jews that would not do anything inappropriate are fine. I, why is Rav and Rav Yehuda so worried? This is Anivus. They didn't look at themselves as a kosher, but uh, they are, they technically, of course, would, would definitely qualify as kosher Yidin for the laws of Yichud. If they're on the road and there's nobody around to the point that this could be Yichud, That's what you're saying, run. That's what you're saying, let's go, let's go. They saw a woman down the road. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the circumstance was that it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. It's a good question. I don't know. But that's also that you're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna escort her. They're not gonna. No. I'm a rav. Okay. Malkin al yichud. If a a person is miyachid with a woman, we're gonna give them lashes. 
Malkin al yichud, vein oisin al yichud. But we're not going to aser someone based on yichud. I mean, we're going to give them lashes, but we're not going to aser them. Meaning, if a married woman is miyachid with someone, we'll give her lashes. We'll, we'll, if a married woman is miyachid, we are not going to end her marriage. A saita is not just yichud. A saita is yichud after she's warned. But if a married woman is miyachid with someone, we're not going to end her marriage just because she did eser yichud. If she committed adultery, that's one thing, but we don't know what happened. So if a person does yichud, we'll give them lashes, but we're not going to end the marriage based on yichud alone. Now, okay, that implies that we would give, we would give lashes to a married woman who does yichud? But says the Gemara, no. Am Ravashi loy amen al yichud depnuya. When we said we would give lashes for yichud, that's when a guy is miachid with a single girl. The guy and the single girl will get lashes. Avol eishes ish loy. We do not give a, a, a lashes for yichud with a married woman. Why? Because imagine if you hear that what, what's going on in the city streets. They're like, oh, they're giving lashes to that married woman and to that guy. Why? Because they secluded together. You know what people are going to say? People are just going to assume they commit adultery because they're going to see punishment and they're going to be like, they're not going to know it was just yichud. So we'll give lashes for yichud of a non-married woman. But a married woman, we can't, even though a married woman is actually worse of an avera. But the, the reason being is because if people hear that there's lashes, they're just going to assume they commit adultery. And then everyone's going to say, oh, she's a mamzer. And, and then, you know, people are not going to realize that it was just yichud. Says the Gemara, because we don't want to we don't want to bring up uh, questions on her children. Marzutra Malkiumachis. Now Marzutra would give lashes to a married woman, but he would just announce, he would proclaim, I'm giving her lashes not because she committed adultery, but because she did yichud. Okay. Ravashi refused to give lashes to a married woman because, again, he was concerned. So he says, so why don't you just give lashes and then make the announcement? So he said very simply, He says, you know what's going to happen? Some people will hear about the lashes but not hear about the announcement. And they're just going to hear that I give lashes to a married woman thinking that she must have committed adultery. And then people are going to start questioning the validity of her children. Okay. If the husband is in the city, there is no problem of yichud. Now it's a machlekes harishayim. What's the reason? Rashi famously says the reason why there's no yichud when the husband is in the city is because the husband can come back at any moment. If the husband, the guy, the husband says I'm just going to Main Street, there's no yichud because the husband can show up at any moment. Other rishonim disagree. I think it's clear from the Rambam. That that's not the pshat. It's not that he might come back. Because let's say you know he's not going to come back. Let's say he's in his office, and you know he's in his office. He's not going to come back. The Rambam still says there's no problem of yichud because married women have a natural, there's a natural fear when your husband's in the city. Just knowing he's in the city is enough to stop them from doing any of theirs. But Lamaisa, by Labair, there's no concern. If the husband is in the city, there's no concern. Now, I'm Rav Yosef. Similarly, Pesach, if your house, the front door is open to Main Street, right? Your house is on Main Street, and the door is open, so shall does the door have to be open? unlocked, it's, uh, it's not for now. But the point is, if you're on Main Street and the door is open and people can walk in, everyone can see you, then it's also no problem of Yichud. So you see over here that if the husband's in the city, there's no problem of Yichud. Now this Gemara, now we're going to say a tremendously important clause when it comes to the laws of Yichud. And that is as follows. Rav Bibi Ikhla Rav Yosef. Rav Bibi went to Rav Yosef's house. After they ate the meal, So what happened was, Rav Yosef and his wife, Rav Bibi was staying by Rav Yosef and his wife. Rav Yosef and his wife, uh, I'm sorry, Rav Yosef said, I'm going to the base Medrash. His wife went into her room. Now her room was, they used to take a ladder to go down to basically her room. So they said, take the ladder away. They used to have a ladder to get down to her room, some skylight. 
So when the wife went down there, Rav Yosef said, take the ladder away. I don't want Rav Yubi to go down while I'm, while I'm outside. Now, how is wife able to get out? That I'm not sure. But he says, take, get rid of the ladder. I don't want Rav Yubi coming down. It will be a loss of Yichud, because if he goes down, there's a Yichud issue. So here's the kasha. I thought the husband's in the city, Rav Yosef's in the city, so what is he concerned about? The Gemara says, oh, Rabbi, So Rav, Rav Yosef is worried about the Yichud of Rav Bibi and his wife, but Rav Yosef's in the city. So this is the famous, this is the, one of the most important laws when it comes to the Yichud, and that is, Shani Rav Bibi, the Shabibti Have, Gaisabe. The answer is, Libai Gaspa, Rav Bibi and Rav Yosef's wife, had, they, they knew each other, they had a relationship. They'd go to the house, they would schmooze. That's called Libai Gaspa. If you're comfortable with someone, then Baila Bi'ir doesn't work. Pesach Pesuch Shesarab, according to Ramayisha, doesn't work. All these Hatayrim don't work if you're comfortable with each other. That's why there's two things. And then we'll go back because I don't have time for any of this. That Rebelsky, Re- 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 there was a shit that Rebelsky once gave, and he said that a lot of times, he says, with cleaning women, one of the major issues, do not have a relationship with them. I don't mean an inappropriate relationship. You could say hello, good morning, that's it. If you're at the point where you're sitting in coffee and you're schmoozing and you're having a schmooze and you're getting close to each other and they're like mamish, like talking in a way of friendship, that's called libay gaspa. Once it's libay gaspa, most of the heterim are out the window and that's a woman in your house. And there are heterim to have, so his etzah was don't have, uh, don't have women cleaning. By the way, so no, you, you're, not, you're not wrong about that. Um, the, the, other, uh, <laughs> the other thing also, by the co-workers, a lot of times with co-workers, you got to be careful. Very professional relationship. Once you're schmoozing, and how's your weekend, and then this, and you saw this movie, and your mom is schmoozing like, like, like friends, it creates many problems. First of all, it leads to bad things, but also creates many problems. The laws of Yichud, all these Hatayim, Mizif, and Gemara are out the window. Now, let's go back there. Amrav Kahana. Let's say you have a house where there's the inner room and the outer room, and you have to go through the outer room to leave. So, the halacha is like this. If the men are inside and the women are outside, it, it's fine. Why? Because worst case scenario, the man is going to walk through to the women. One man, no, I'm sorry. That's a problem. Why? Because when the man leaves, he has to walk through the room, woman's room. And we saw one man with two women is a problem of yichud. But, okay, okay, but the opposite, but, but the opposite would be fine. Meaning if the women are inside and the men are outside, that's fine. Because when the woman leaves, she's just with two men, which we said, if they're kosher, they're fine. I, I always found this strange because like, they could just walk to each other if they wanted to. <laughs> the point is, I guess, we just assume people are just going to naturally leave the way they... Men are the inside, women are the outside, and the men have to walk through the women. That's a problem because the man is walking through the women's room. He's going to have men, one man with two women, which is a problem. The opposite is fine. But the Gemara says, But the actual Brysa reverses it, which is that women inside, men outside is a problem. Men inside, women outside is, is, is okay. Basically... However you look at it, according to one opinion, it's an issue. Because if the men are the outside, then the woman is walking through, so it's one woman, ten men, that, two men, that's fine. On the other hand, you could also look at it as that the man has a much easier way of walking in without anybody noticing. The point is, basically, it's not a good matzav. And therefore, the says, This is not a good solution at all. And whatever the breakup is, men inside, women outside, women inside, men outside, do not do this. Abaya Dar Gufi, Abaya, when he would have men and women come to the shear, he would put rows of jugs of like things to separate. Like a shikum chitza. You mean women did not have to sit upstairs for a shear? Correct. They, they, they sat next to each other. The Chazanish, by the way. Rava Dayer Kana, Rava would put rows of reeds. Like to make a makeshift mechitza. And Amar Ovin, Sakta de Shakta Rigla. The main issue is Yamtiv. 
It's if everyone looks new clothing, everyone looks nice, everyone's in a good mood, schmoozing with each other, that's when the main issue comes. Okay, so here's the deal. From here until halfway through the next Ahmed, we're going to say a lot of stories, and we're going to run through the stories very quickly. These are fascinating stories, something you have my eye in it, that the, these Maisim are about great Tanoim, that the greater you are, the greater Yitzhahara, and they were tempted to do Averis, just remember when you, you're doing these Gemaras, these are not us, these are Tanoim. So, you know, you, you look at these Gemaras, you see, oh, uh, I also did. No, 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 this is a Kiva, so you should be careful. So the Gemara says like this, There were women who were captured that were released. And they were brought to Nardoi. They brought them to the, to the attic of Rav Amram Chasidah. They were staying in his attic. He was the one who got them out of prison, so they stayed by him. They were staying in the attic. Now, Ashkuli Darga Mekamayu. He removed the ladder. He did not. He took the ladder from his room to her, their room. They say he can't get up to them. There was a ladder that connected his apartment to theirs. He took it out because he didn't want to be tempted to go to their apartment because they Fine. One day, one of the women was walking past his window, I guess, or he could see it from his window. And the Mamasha light lifted up out. She was very attractive. And, and, and he saw her and he was like, wow. So, Shakla Ravam Ladarga, Ravamam grabbed the ladder. That was too heavy for 10 people. He took it because that, that was much the Yitzhahara got him. He lifted by himself. He's running up the ladder to go speak to this woman. All of a sudden, halfway through the ladder, he stopped and he, he caught himself. This is what he did. See, he wanted that Aver to stop. So how do you get that Aver to stop? Get people in the house. How do you get people to come to your house right away? You yell, fire, fire, fire. So he yelled, fire. The Gemara says, Kim. Uh, there's a fire, there's a fire. So all the Rabbanim run to the house, the fire department comes, and they see him sitting, there's no fire. So they said, so he said, what happened? So he told them, there's a woman up there I'm attracted to, so I want to, by the way, he was honest, very, very honest. So they said, shame to you, like, this is what you're doing, like, shame to you, this is, they, first of all, like, he told them the truth. He said, there was a woman up there I was attracted to, and I didn't want to go up this, I wanted people in the house. So he said, this is, this is you know, so I'd rather be be embarrassed down here than in there. Meaning in Shemayim. Meaning, yeah, you guys, I'll be embarrassed. Fine, good. I'll embarrass myself. But you know what though? I'll go to Gan Eden. So, as opposed to everyone else that's very sophisticated when they, they lock the door, they do things that are talking embarrassing. He, is, he says, listen, fine, so you, you, you look down on me. But you know what? In Shemayim, I'll be perfect. And the Gemara says an amazing thing. Ishboi diyanfik mene. Rav Amram then Davin for the Yitzhar to leave him, whatever this means. Nafik me ki amudlenar, a fiery column came out of him. Okay, he says, and he said to Yitzhar, he says, I'm just flesh and you're fire, and I was able to overcome you. Okay. I read the words the same way you did. I don't, what are you asking? Fire came out of him. I don't know what that means either. I don't know. These, these, are, these are humans that uh, we have no uh, ability to be massacred. Oh, interesting. Rav Meir used to make fun of people that do Averis. Like, he was like, what's such a big deal? Such a Yitzhar. Like, like, he used to look down on people that sinned. So, the Satan wanted to teach him a lesson. So, one day the Satan dressed up as a woman, a very attractive woman, on the opposite side of the river. And Rav Meir wanted to talk to her because the Satan got him. But there was no boat. So, Noka Mitzvah, he grabbed a rope. And he's like, I'm going to swim across. When he reached halfway through the rope, meaning he was, I guess, walking across the rope like this, when he got halfway through, Shavke, the Satan released him from his grip. So Amar, and the Satan said to him, 
If they don't announce in Shemayim, Hizaru Rav Meir Vitarasa, be careful, Rav Meir is a big Tamachacham. Shavis Lidmach Tartima, I could have made your life worth like two pennies. I, mean, I, I, could, I could have destroyed you. So basically, respect the Yitzhar. Like, like don't, don't fear him. Don't, again, you're stronger, I get it, but don't, don't look down on people because you don't, it's a big Yitzhar, it's a big time. Rav Akiva, similar thing. Rav Akiva will look down on those that sinned. One day the Sultan appeared to Rav Akiva like a woman perched on top of a palm tree. Knocked the He started to climb the palm tree. When he got halfway through Shavka, the Sultan released him. Again, if they didn't announce in Shemayim, I could have ruined your life. Plima used to say every day, May an arrow destroy the Sultan. I mean, he used to curse the Sultan every day. And the Gemara says that the Satan did not take that very kindly. He did not like that he was being cursed. So what did he do? Now this is not related to women. What he did was, he uh, set him up. This is what he did. One day, it was Erev Yom Kippur. The Satan appeared to be a really poor person, full of boils, like really, really gross. So, he knocks on the door. So, Plima gives him bread. So So the poor person who's the Satan says to Plima, and Erev Yom Kippur, you're making me eat outside? So Plima's like, okay, okay, come on in. Okay, fine. I love a privilege to find, he sits at the table. Everyone eats, so at first he was sitting by the door. So the, so the Satan said, everyone eats on Erev Yom Kippur at the table, I have to sit on the floor. So he says, okay, fine, come to the table. So he's sitting at the Erev Yom Kippur meal, and he's full of boils, and he's disgusting. Sores, boils, like really, really gross. And he's doing things that are gross at the table. As we're going to see in the Gemara, he was phlegming, and he was spitting. He was like doing stuff like really, really gross. So I'm going to go to the next page. So he says, So Plima yelled at him, he said, sit properly, be a person, like stop doing that. So, the beggar said to Plima, give me a cup of wine to drink. They give him a cup, and he spit phlegm into the wine. So, so they yelled at him. So what did he do? He wanted to show that you're not a big tzaddik, you're not taking care of someone. He pretend to die. So now, it's the story, now the, the rumor was having it that Plima killed someone on Erev Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, Shama Dhab Kamri, everyone starts yelling, Plima Katal Gavra, Plima Katagavra, Plima killed someone on Ervim Kippur. Arak Vitash and Ashar Vaskis. He runs to the outhouse. He runs to the bathroom, I guess, the out of town. He's uh, the outskirts of town. He's running away. The Gemara says, Azalbasi, this guy, this Satan, like this beggar, runs after him. And then dies by his feet by the bathroom. So that's even worse. Now it really looks like it looks like he got better, and then Plima officially killed him. So when the Satan saw that Plima was really bothered by this, Galinashi, he revealed himself as the Satan. So he says, My time, Ramachi. So he says, So the Satan basically said, says, so the Satan said to Plima, Why do you curse me every day? I mean, don't, don't curse me every day. Like, don't, don't take a, an arrow in my eye. Don't, don't do that. So he says, So the Plima says, So what am I supposed to do? I, I want to know that I could beat the Yitzhara. So he says, Satan. Say, May God protect me from the Satan. Don't curse me. Pray. There's a difference between prayer and curse. Don't, don't, don't curse me. You want to say Hashem should protect me? That, that's fine, but don't, 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 don't curse. Now this next Misa is... That's, that's different than blocking yourself away from the sun. There's two different ways. One is to block your brain away from the sun. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, not, not get involved at all? Yeah, this is, Whatever. This is 
Whatever. He's saying if you want to do it, that's fine, but just don't curse. This next mice is a very strange story. Very, very, honestly, kind of tragic also. Very strange and very tragic. I'm going to go back to it. Rechia Barashi have a ruggle called Eden to have an awful ape. When Rechia Barashi would, would fall Tachanun, have a Omer, he would always whisper to himself, Harachaman Yatzalan Miyatzahar, may Hashem protect me from Yatzahar of women. Let's see who Davin. So Yoimachad Shemat de Bisa. One day his wife overheard him say this. And Omer, she said, Michti, Hakamashanid de Parshim. And apparently Rechia Barashi stopped living with his wife for many years. So she just assumed it was because he didn't have a Yitzhahara anymore. But now he's davening to protect himself, meaning he clearly had a Yitzhahara for women because he was saying, Hashem, protect me from women. So his wife is very confused by this. And now his wife says, maybe it's me because if he's not living with me, I, I thought it was because he didn't have a Yitzhahara, but he clearly does. So she wanted to test him. So what she did was like this. One day he's learning in the garden. Okay. She put on perfume, she put on a nice clothing, and she walks in front of him. And I guess he didn't recognize her, the way she looked. So he said to her, who are you? She said, I'm Harusa the prostitute, and I just got back from the city. So Tava, he says, okay, if you're a prostitute, it's fine. He propositions her. Crazy. She said, bring me that pomegranate on the top of the tree. So, he climbed up the tree and got it for her. So, after he did the Avera, or it wasn't Avera, but he thought it was an Avera, he comes home. His wife is making uh, you know, bread in the oven. He, he, he walks in the oven and sits there to punish, to kill himself. He wanted to kill himself, to, to punish himself for, for doing this Avera. So, she says, what are you doing? By the way, he was protected from this. He walked in the oven. So to, 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 to kill himself for the Avera that he did, I guess. So she said, what are you doing? So Amr Allah, he said, well, I just lived with a, I got to be honest, we're at, we have to have a real conversation. And he said, though, that I just lived with a Zayna. Amr Allah, she said, no, that was me. He didn't believe her. She, she told him, Simonim, whatever, she proved that it was her. Amr Allah, he said, I still, I, I thought I was doing an Avera. Meaning, I did a Maisa that was Mutter, but from my perspective, it was an Avera. So I, 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 I'm not innocent. And he fasted every day for that sin. And and the fasting actually caused him to die. At some point, his body, his body got ill from the fasting, and, and he died. That was the end of his life. Now, how do I know that it's an Avera, what he did? Meaning, he didn't do an Avera, but he thought he was... It's like... I'm, I'm, I'm planning on eating chazer, and the last minute, it happens to be with chicken. But I thought I was eating chazer. The Tanya, the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that a woman makes a neder, her husband will revoke the neder, and she needs forgiveness. So let me ask you a question. If the husband's revoking the neder, what do you need forgiveness for? So I'll say it outside of the So the Gemara says the case is, she makes a neder. Let's say not to eat, uh, not to eat chocolate. The husband hears about it, revokes the neder. She doesn't know that. She eats chocolate thinking she's doing an avera. She didn't do an Avera, but Hashem says you need forgiveness. Meaning, you think you're doing an Avera, you want to do an Avera, and you try to do an Avera. To technicality, it's not. You need forgiveness for that. So the Gemara says, A woman makes herself a Nazir. And the husband hears about it, revokes the Naziris. But she doesn't know that the husband revoked the Naziris. And she's drinking wine, and she needs a Kapara for that. So too, she felt that he needed a Kapara. 
When Rav Akiva got to this pasuk, he used to cry. He says, If a person intends to eat pork, but he ends up eating kosher food, he still needs forgiveness. Meaning, not even doing that error, but trying to do that error needs forgiveness. Then a person who actually intends to eat chazer and eats chazer, like he actually intends to do the aver and does the aver on purpose, how much more so he needs kapara. Similarly, the says, the pasuk says, if a person makes an avera by accident, he needs kapara, right? If you eat chazer accidentally, you need to bring a chatas. Right? So the Gemara says, "Bishar Rivakiva Bagila Pazahid Baikar, Rivakiva used to cry at this thought because he says, Mami, Shuman, If a person intends to eat kosher, he's not trying to do Navera, an and accidentally an Avera happens, he still needs a kapar. Then a person who intends to do an Avera and does an Avera, Allah has come of a kama, how much kapar he needs. Mishan is Havan Lechel Chaylev, all be other Chaylev, Allah has come of a kama. AC Ben Yehuda, I meant, Vlayada Vashem Nasavano. AC Ben Yehuda would quote this Pasuk that if a person does an Avera by accident, he needs forgiveness. Al Davazay Yidva. He says, this is what everyone should be worried about because that uh, even sinning accidentally needs a kapara. That's what we got to be worried about. By the way, this is only true for Nisa Deraisa, Nisa Derabonon, done accidentally without knowledge. According to the Nisiv, this does not require a kapara. Let's finish up. Uh, it's 8.29 by 8.34, Bez uh, should be done. Misyachad Adam im Imo. The Mishnah said that a man can be miyachad with his mother. Amrav Yudam Ravasi, Misyachad Adam Achoso. You're allowed to be miyachad with your sister, not live in the same house as your sister, but you can be miyachad, short term. Vidarim Imo Vimbita. But you're allowed to live in the same house as your mother or your daughter. So there's no yichud on a mother and a daughter. When they told us to Shmuel, he says, Nope, all, all our rayas are aser. Mom, daughter, sister, all aser. You're not even allowed to be miyachud with an animal because a bestiality is a possibility and we're choshish for this. You're not even be miyachud with an animal. Nothing. Shmuel holds it's all aser. Tanan, wait a minute. You tell me, according to Shmuel, everyone's aser, but didn't our Mishnah say, The Mishnah said, You're allowed to be miyachud with your mother and your daughter and you're allowed even a father is allowed to sleep in the same bed as his daughter as long as she's younger under nine years old you could even be in the same bed and sleep in the same bed together and there's the you know touching uh, flesh because there's no concern of taiva by uh, by a mom and a child or a father and a daughter there's no taiva for such things so this mission is not like shmuel by the way ramesha feinstein zagav he has a shita ramesha says that if a, a, a person is megayer there's no yichud on him and his biological mother either. Even though they're not related at all, one's a guy, one's a Jew. He says because taiva is, there's no taiva, natural, there's no natural taiva for a mother to child. And halachic, uh, therefore there's no concern of yichud because there's no natural taiva. Even though they're not technically related, but that taiva is not there. That's what from what age? Any age? From what age? No, there's no yichud of a father and a daughter, even if one converted. Because there's no taiva for a father and a daughter. I'm not talking about the same bed. I'm just talking about there's no yichud. So you see that this Mishnah permitted a father and a daughter to have yichud, not like Shmuel, to have Shmuel. So I'm like Shmuel, Shmuel says, and according to you, that you could have yichud. Hadatanya, there's a b'raisa that says, a sister or a mother-in-law, and all other arayas, you're not allowed to be miyachud with them unless you have Edom present. 
which implies that without Edom it's an issue. So this Brisa implies that a mom and a daughter are a problem. So what's your answer? The answer is, when you have different Tanoim, when you have a Brisa that sounds not like the Mishnah, what do you say? It's a Machlekes Tanoim. So Shmuel says it's a Machlekes Tanoim to me. Ela Tanoi, it's a Machlekes Tanoim. The Tanya, as the Brisa says, I'm Rav Meir, Hizaru Biti. Rav Meir used to tell people, make sure that when my daughter is here, there's no Yichud. Make sure there's other people here. Rav Meir was concerned about Yichud with her daughter. Um, Rav Tarfin, Rav Tarfin said, Hizaru Pnei Kalasi. Rav Tarfin was likewise concerned about his daughter, daughter-in-law. He was afraid to be in the same room as his daughter-in-law because he felt there's Yichud by a daughter-in-law. Liglagal of Oisei Talmud, there was a certain Talmud who mocked Rav Tarfin. He said, what are you concerned about? A daughter-in-law, there's no taiva for a daughter-in-law. Which is, by the way, interesting, because a daughter-in-law is like no relation by blood. So the Gemara says, That Talmud who made fun of Rav Tarfin for being careful, being worried about his daughter-in-law, that Talmud, a few months later, lived with his mother-in-law. So you see that you got you to be worried. So Shmuel said there's a problem of Yichud even with an animal. When Abaya would learn in the field, he would make sure all the animals are out of the field. He would get rid of them. No yichud. No yichud with animals in the field. He would shoo all the animals away. Rav Sheishis would take the animals, take the sheep to a, on a bridge to a different field. So he wouldn't be in the same field because of yichud. Rav once visited Rav Kahana and he saw Rav Kahana was learning. There was animals there. There was a sheep there. There was a bull, whatever it was. He says, I thought you hold that there's a problem of yichud with an animal. He says, I didn't see the animal there. I didn't know there was an animal there. If I knew, I wouldn't have done it. Amarava. You're allowed to be miyachid with two yevamos. They are two sister-in-laws. Why? Because the rule is that while a man should not be miyachid with two women, if the two women don't like each other, they're not going to cover up for each other. Adarava, they're going to blast each other. So who? So now we're listing two women that don't like each other. Two sister-in-laws don't like each other, at least in times of the Gemara, because a lot of times the men died young which means they knew that the brother-in-law was a prospective future husband. So the two sister-in-laws were like, it's like a shtickle. They knew that, that he's an option for both of them. So there was like a little bit of jealousy. Similarly, so you're allowed to be miyached because they will not cover each other up. Two co-wives, a mother and her daughter-in-law, Mother and uh, a woman and her mother-in-law do not get along very often. Imisha bas a woman and her stepdaughter. Imisha vitinokis, and a woman and a, and any girl she This is by the way a massive heter, which is that if the girl is old enough to understand this is inappropriate, but not old enough to actually want to do it herself, that's a big heter. So let's say a girl is six years old, you could be miyachah with a woman and a six-year-old daughter of hers or a six-year-old girl because the six-year-old girl will know what she sees. She'll tattle to everybody. But she's not old enough to be taist herself. She's not like 15, where she also have taiva. So that's, that's, a, that's a big shmir. She's like a mashkiach. Okay. Higdilu zeyoshin biksusai. Two more minutes. The Gemara says that uh, you're allowed to be, uh, a father's allowed to sleep in the same bed as his daughter, and they're even allowed to have kirav baser, but once they get older, then they got to get dressed. Says the Gemara, Vikama, what's the age where bodily contact is not permitted anymore? Amravasi, 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 Tinoikis Bashte Shanav Yomecha, a girl can sleep with her father with bodily contact until the age of nine. Tinik men shana, and a boy can sleep bodily contact with his mom until he's twelve. And ikadami so nine and twelve. And ikadamri tinoikis bashteim esreshana v'yamecha tinik ben shloisha esreshana v'yamecha. And some say bas mitzvah and bar mitzvah. V'zeh v'zeh kadesh yodayim nachoinu usarech tzamech. They're both uh, trying to figure out. The pasuk describes when the people develop. Once a child develops and 
reaches maturity, it's no longer appropriate. One opinion held 9 and 11, one opinion held 12 and 13. Fine. The Gemara continues, This concept that a man is allowed to have physical contact with his daughter is only true, and I'm talking with it like sleeping, physical contact, that's only true if she's not embarrassed to run around naked. There's like kids run around naked, that, that, that's, that's what they do. But once there's an age where they, 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 they get embarrassed, then that, that's it. Then no more, no more uh, then they have to be, Tzniyas kicks in. Because once they have that age, then once they have that age, then there's obviously uh, a busha involved, and now the Yitzhar is involved, and now shut it down. The Gemara continues. Rav Achabar Abba went to his son-in-law's house, Shakilabas Barta, and he was, he was playing with his granddaughter. And his granddaughter, by the way, was like six or seven. He's playing with his granddaughter. She's sitting on his lap. They, 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 they went to bed in the same bed. By the way, the same bed, that sounds inappropriate. She was scared because there was a lightning storm, probably. And he said, no, you could sleep in the bed with her. It's his granddaughter. So the Gemara says, So his son-in-law said to him, you know your granddaughter is a married woman. Right, you can be Mekadesh a Katana. The father can be Mekadesh a Katana. He says, you know, I, I was Mekadesh the Katana. She's, she's not your granddaughter anymore. She's also a married woman. So who is this? Rav Achbar Rav hears this. That's not allowed. Why? Because Rav said, while a father has the right to marry off his daughter, you should not marry her off until she's bat mitzvah because it's not appropriate. So you married off my granddaughter at six years old? So the son-in-law responds, and he says, So then, you, but you, what you did is inappropriate. You're not supposed to have physical contact with a woman. So even, even yes, she's, maybe she, she, even, I shouldn't have married her off, but, but why are you having physical contact? So he says, no, no, that's not a tiny. The answer is a grandfather and granddaughter. It's appropriate, and therefore there's no concern. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Finish up the Nashim.